The Duke. Amanda's Duke has... Her mother paused to open the envelope and extract the letter. He, or rather the Duchess of Malvern, has invited us for a garden party this Wednesday. Listen. The Duchess of Malvern requests the pleasure of Mr. and Mrs. Cornelius Vandewater's company at a garden party on Wednesday, September 17th, 1902. He isn't my duke, mother, Amanda said repressively. And that is such short notice. It's only Monday, Amanda. Plenty of time to choose what to wear to show you off and to make the best effect. Ugh, Quintus groaned. What did I tell you? Dresses and parties. The Duchess of Malvern, her father said between mouthfuls. The chap is married? I think that is his mother, Papa. I dearly hope so, her mother said, her eyes lit with excitement. Lady Hexeth will be green with envy. She hasn't managed to get into one exclusive gathering at all this season. So, puss, this duke of yours, her father raised his bushy eyebrows, one of those impoverished ones, I'll bet. They are always in need of funds. Papa, I wouldn't marry a man for his title and I certainly wouldn't want a titled gentleman who would marry me for my money. I think you're seeing it from the wrong angle, puss, her father argued. It is the simplest business contract a man has ever created, an exchange of one resource for another. In this case, a young lady acquires personal security in becoming a duchess or a countess. Amanda interrupted, eyeing her father suspiciously. He inclined his head in agreement. Yes, or a countess. The duke, or earl, acquires financial security for the future of his family. But it sounds so cold-blooded. Don't tell me you're turning female on me, puss. Amanda flinched. I'm not... But why do I have the feeling that you've already ordered a ducal coronet on my next box of stationery? I wouldn't force you to marry, but it would be nice to see my only daughter attired in crimson and ermine, like Consuelo Vanderbilt in her coronation robe. Mother would prefer I marry an American and remain in New York, wouldn't you? Her mother looked to speak, but her father plowed on. Nothing against the type, puss, but there's no challenge in it. You're like me. You need to be plunged into a situation where you can use your brain to stir up the stagnant waters, to fight if need be. That's how I made my first million. Marriage isn't a business, Papa. It's something involving two people, and that isn't something you can control with a pen and piece of paper. She set her crumpet and marmalade on her plate, her appetite decreasing the more her father spoke. Besides, I hadn't planned to marry for a long while. I'm only eighteen. I haven't seen anything or done anything of purpose. Her father opened his mouth to speak, but she continued. 
When you were eighteen, you left Albany for New York with only five dollars to your name and managed to obtain a position in the sugar manufacturing company owned by mother's father. And don't tell me I'm just a girl. You've always taught me to think outside the confines of my sex. Well, I can be a fool sometimes, he muttered into a cup of hot coffee. The sharp breath she took was painful, as though a thousand knives stabbed at her breast. Mother, Neely, you wouldn't force her to marry someone she didn't love, her mother said gently. Of course I wouldn't, my love. I'm merely suggesting to our daughter that she see this topic from a mature perspective. She has a duke practically fall into her lap, and it behooves her to accept her good fortune. Was he hideous or deformed? Her father raised his eyebrows again. Hunchbacked or club-footed? No, Amanda said honestly. He was not bad-looking. He was handsome, she amended. She had noticed his handsomeness even when he lay unconscious on the ground. 